0: Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Today is Monday. It is the 3rd of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds is suggesting that further tax reductions would be part of her agenda if she wins reelection in November. IPR's Grant Gerlach has more. Reynolds told supporters at her Harvest Festival fundraiser Saturday that she would propose more cuts without saying which taxes she would target next. In the last legislative session, she approved nearly $2 billion in reduced taxes, including a drop in the corporate tax rate and a flat income tax that will be phased in by the year 2026. Reynolds says she wants Iowa to climb the rankings of low-tax states.
1: We are going to go from one of the least competitive Tax states in the country to one of the most competitive, and we've done it. We're going to do it in a few short years. And here's the good news we're not done.
0: Deidre DeGere, the Democratic candidate for governor, has called for a boost in state funding to K-12 schools and the mental health system. Those are two areas she says have struggled for resources under Republican leadership despite the state's budget surplus. The two candidates running for secretary of agriculture in Iowa disagree on how well the state is doing at addressing water quality. Iowa State University and various state agencies, including the Department of Agriculture, released a list of conservation practices farmers could implement voluntarily to help reduce farm pollution. Democrat John Norwood says the state's nutrient reduction strategy is not making enough progress as it turns 10 next year. The current nutrient reduction strategy isn't working. Doing things one at a time can't scale to the 23 million acres. So we need to be thinking less about is it voluntary or regulatory.
1: The framework ought to be not doing things one at a time, they're doing them systematically.
0: Norwood is a Polk County Soil and Water Commissioner and small business owner. Republican incumbent Mike Nagg recognizes nitrogen in waterways has increased over the last 10 years, but says there's never been more awareness and conservation work in the state's history. The two made their comments in a weekend appearance on Iowa Press on Iowa PBS. September started Dubuque Regional Airport's first month since American Airlines ended commercial air service. IPR's Zachary Orrin smith tells us a plan is brewing to secure a new carrier, with $1 million in federal COVID-19 stimulus funding. Since American Airlines pulled out, catching a flight for Dubuque area residents involves a long drive to Cedar Rapids or Moline or even Madison, Wisconsin. According to Molly Grover of the Dubuque Chamber of Commerce, many will drive as far as Chicago looking for the best deal.
1: Lots of our catchment area has gone outside of our area to be able to take advantage of the deals and the rates and the destinations that are offered by ultra-low-cost carriers.
0: Grover wants to seize on that demand. The Telegraph-Herald reported that the chamber asked the city and county to guarantee a yet unnamed low-cost airline $1 million to offer four flights a week to Florida. Legacy airlines like American have pulled out of 59 airports since the pandemic. Low-cost airlines like Frontier and Spirit are seizing the moment to break into markets like Dubuque. The Dubuque County supervisors will take up the proposal tonight. And the Blessing Health System in Keokuk officially stops providing patient care as of Friday. Hospital leaders announced their decision to close the 49-bed facility in early September, saying in a press release that the hospital had been in financial crisis for a decade. Officials say this caused local residents to seek inpatient care elsewhere. The hospital was averaging fewer than two inpatients per day and less than one emergency room visit per hour when officials made the decision to close the facility this summer. The hospital says its 147 employees will remain on payroll through November 4th, either through on-site work or on administrative leave, Blessing Health plans to put the hospital property up for sale. It's here first.
1: Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network.
0: About 10% of U.S. households are food insecure, and there are a number of federal programs in place to help bring that number down. One of those programs is the Supplemental Nutrition Education Program, or SNAP-ED, which involves educating food stamp recipients about low-budget eating. But according to an investigation by Harvest Public Media in the Midwest newsroom, some SNAP-ED program workers are paid so little that they themselves are experiencing food insecurity. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports. Hi, guys. Would you like to try some roasted garbanzo beans?
1: Once a month, on a Saturday morning, Del Jacobs sets up a booth at the Urbana Farmer's Market in central Illinois. People periodically walk by her booth, which today features a simple, healthy recipe.
0: And then put it in the oven at 400 for 40 to 50 minutes. I go longer
1: because I like a crunch. This is just one of Del's responsibilities as a SNAP-Ed community worker. She also runs community cooking classes, visits food pantries, and teaches SNAP recipients how to eat healthy on a budget. But this, meeting people at the farmer's market, is her favorite part of the job.
0: I just love talking to people of all walks of life, and that's what I get to do in this job.
1: What Dell doesn't like about the job is the pay. At the time we met, Dell was making $13.79 per hour. She'd been working there for six years, and over that time, her pay increased by just a dollar an hour. She says the pay is so low that, ironically, she herself has qualified for SNAP benefits. She took an additional job to make ends meet.
0: Once a week, I clean a house for $25 an hour, and isn't that sad that I get more for cleaning a house.
1: Dell's not alone. According to an investigation by Harvest Public Media and the Midwest Newsroom, SNAP-Ed employees across the Midwest make on average about $13 an hour. The SNAP-Ed program is grant-funded through the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In most Midwestern states, it's run by a land-grant university. So in Dell's case, the University of Illinois determines her wage. Jennifer McCaffrey is the SNAP-Ed program coordinator in Illinois. She knows that some of her employees struggle financially, Financially. Yeah, it, it does concern me. But you kind of have to find out, well, what does this individual need that can help them? So is it more affordable housing? It runs the gamut, right? Dell says what she needs is a higher wage, which she did finally receive just recently. She now makes $16.51 an hour. And she's not alone. In just the last few months, workers in Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, and Oklahoma also received wage increases. Candace Gable is the program director in Oklahoma. She just successfully raised her employees' wages from $10 to $12 an hour. But she says that's still not high enough to attract and retain workers.
0: You can't hire anybody because they're so low. Because you can go to work at McDonald's in Tulsa and make $15 an hour.
1: But Gable only has so much wiggle room. After all, snap is a USDA grant-funded program. So if she wants to increase wages, she probably has to cut the number of positions.
0: And if we don't have enough people to reach the population, then how are we gonna meet our goals?
1: Goals like reducing Oklahoma's high obesity rate or teaching healthy eating habits to children. To do that and pay her employees a living wage, Gable says she needs more money from the USDA. The USDA declined to speak on the record for this story, but did send a statement emphasizing that it's up to each state to determine staff salaries. But there's a cap to each state's SNAP-Ed funding allocation. That number is determined by a formula in the Farm Bill, which is set to be reaffirmed next year. A new formula could mean more money for states, and by extension, for SNAP-Ed workers like Del Jacobs. And while Del did get a recent raise, she says she's still fighting to earn a living wage. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media.
0: Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News. It reports on food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. And we're also part of the Midwest Newsroom. That's a collaboration that also includes NPR and public radio stations in Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska. This is Here First. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening.